Hello again, you're listening to the uh, News at One. Now we're turning to that news that RT has published the legal advice in relation to the confidentiality of exit payments to senior executives who left the organisation over the last eight years. Solicitors Arthur Cox say there would be civil and criminal consequences from disclosing the information. I'm joined here in studio by the RT Director General, Kevin Backhurst. Welcome to the programme, Mr Backhurst. Um, so the advice from the solicitors, and you asked them to, to revisit the issue in, in in recent weeks is, and I quote, that the publication of such information would contravene employees' contractual and strategy rights, thereby exposing RTE to avoidable legal challenge. We must advise you to exercise extreme caution. Now, that's the advice from the lawyers. It's your job to make the decision. What is your decision on foot of that advice? My decision is uh, I went back to Arthur Cox to ask them for renewed uh, legal advice. We had initial legal advice uh, in October last year, which we also published which was very similar to this, actually. But I asked them to look at uh, the legal advice in the light of um, the, the, the the request we were getting you know, from a number of uh, bodies and politicians um, to see if we could release some of this information, to see if there was any way to drive further transparency. I think this legal advice is the most, most robust and the clearest legal advice that I've received in my career. And you just read out some of it, Brian. Um, uh, so, you know, I genuinely think unless I, you know, if I w- unless I were to take a decision that in my role um, that I would be deliberately going out and breaking the law, um, I need to adhere to this legal advice. So I think the key thing for me is can I find other ways of driving transparency and particularly looking forward, are there other things we need to do um, to ensure that, you know, we can um, exit people from the organisation, but in a way that satisfies the need for transparency and oversight. Right. But just to be clear about this, based on this legal advice, it is, it is RT will not be releasing details of these exit packages going back to 2016. I think we're completely unable to, um, you know, and I know there's a lot of pressure early in the week um, to do that. But I, I think people will have seen this legal advice. I think people will appreciate um, as a public organisation, we cannot be in the business of breaking the law and going against very clear legal advice and it's not just breaking the law it's about the you know potential liability that I could expose RTE to if I were to do this and I you know I'm I'm also strongly the view that I don't think I'd get agreement from the board to break the law deliberately in the face of this legal advice. What you say you have done is written to these individuals asking them to waive confidentiality. Now at this stage have you had any replies? Uh, We only sent the letters out yesterday so we were waiting for those replies. you know, I, I should say, I, you know, I want to explore every avenue of doing this. I don't want expectations to get very high because, um, you know, that, that is entirely their gift to mm-hmm. waive their confidentiality. Um, and if it, some of them agree to do that, will you publish those names and details then? If they agree to waive the confidentiality, clearly that would be in a, a way we can publish some of those um, details. That's one of the only avenues that we can pursue as to some of these payments going back to 2016. Right. Sorry, does, would that have to be uh, in the case of all the individuals or could you release uh, details in relation to those individuals who might be willing to allow that to happen? I'm just thinking mm. of the process of elimination here that mm. other people who want to maintain their confidentiality mm. might have that breached by that process. Yeah, we'd have to look at that very carefully. I mean, you know, I think the initial advice is if individuals come back uh, and say that they are willing to waive confidentiality, mm-hmm. then we obviously would look at the way that we can release that. And that would be my intention. Yeah. You see, there's another piece of advice from, from Arthur Cox in these documents you've released today in relation to this, because they say that if RT was to seek the consent of relevant staff members to release the information, um, 
data protection guidance clarifies, and I'm quoting from the document here, as a general rule, the GDPR prescribes that if the data subject has no real choice, feels compelled to consent or will endure negative consequences if they do not consent, then consent will not be valid. Now, in these circumstances, where we have a clamour for information, government ministers, Doyle committees, um, uh, others looking for this data to be released, can these people give valid consent? Uh, my understanding is that they can individually give that consent if they want to. They can waive their mm. rights um, to this. Um, but you're right to point out the wider considerations. And the wider considerations are really important from top to bottom of any organisation. This isn't just the rights of senior people. I would expect, you know, the to respect. I would expect to offer the, the, the exactly the same protection to anyone from you know the highest paid to the lowest paid in this organisation, as as set out in law. Right. Um, just in in relation to some of the the context of of all of this. Um, why in July last year, Mr. Backhurst, did you say that Rory Coveney, quote, didn't get a payment going out the door, but he did get, quote, statutory level kind of payments? Why did you say that when it's reported he got a full year salary? Well, when I said that, what is that? What I, what I, I was answering a series of questions in a, in a big press scrum on day one in the job. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to be as accurate as I can within the realms of, of the confidentiality that's made clear here that he deserves. Um, and statutory level, and it made this maybe a, uh, a a throwback to coming from the UK, but statutory level would normally mean a week for every year of service, mm-hmm. in my understanding. So I was trying to give an idea that he did get paid, um, but not an extortionate amount without giving the exact details. So I was trying to tread a careful line between being as open as I possibly could in the circumstances um, but trying to respect what's been laid out in these legal letters we, we did a quick back-of-the-envelope mm. calculation here. I wouldn't want to stand mm. over this uh, other than to say that uh, it's an indication of what a statutory-level payment here would mean mm. because it would be capped, and it would be less than €20,000. Yeah, so I think that maybe that's where, you know, I maybe misspoke in a live... Mm. In a life it gave the impression of a, very, mm. of a very modest payment to somebody who was resigning, and that was the way this his departure was presented. Yeah, look, I... I'd, that's not what I intended at the time. What I meant was, you know, the statutory levels I understood it was you would get a week for every year being here. Mm. Rory had been here for 16 years. Um, so it was, you know, around mm. that level. It wasn't a, a huge kind of payment to walk out the door considering the length of service that any individual um, had done that length of service. Well, he was the director expect. of the organisation, so he was mm. on presumably a, a substantial six-figure salary and a, a year's salary for someone mm. in that position is, is a substantial amount of money. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not undermining that. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, it would be in the level of, you know, what I would expect uh, within legal guidelines of, you know, getting a, a week for every year you've done or whatever for any individual, whatever amount of salary they're on. Do you accept now that agreeing to a confidentiality clause in the case of Rory Coveney and it would seem Richard Collins was a mistake? No, because that is, I think, again, as it says in this Arthur Cox letter here, um, in these type of settlement agreements, now whether that's RT or whether it's any other semi-state who many of the semi-states have a track record of having to use these kind of agreements to exit people or whether it's a commercial organisation who do the same these kind of legal agreements are the the norm. Um, mm. And as Arthur Cox say, confidentiality clauses are routinely used mm. in these agreements. When you go through a legal process, you agree the amount of money, you agree, you know, ideally agree a, a statement that respects the dignity of the individual. And part of that is confidentiality. And if you don't agree confidentiality, confidentiality the likelihood is 
you cannot achieve mm. a legal settlement. But these weren't routine circumstances or conditions that you were operating mm. in. There was had we just had the the Dáil committees uh, over the summer. Uh, there had been the revelation in relation to Breda O'Keefe. I think at that stage maybe you were getting ready to to commission the the, the investigation into that. So there was a clamour for information. You must have known the details of the Coveney and Collins exit packages would at some stage be sought. Yes, and indeed they would at some stage. In fact, they'll be given in the annual report as they have been every year in terms of exit packages in a way that is legally um, achievable. And those are reported annually every year. It's really important to say, going back to 2016, the overall figure for the senior executives who've left have been reported as a matter of routine in the annual report. But and the Brito Keefe, sorry, because of course mm. the Brito Keefe number was wrong. It was, it was uh, 50,000 less than she actually well, got. Well, I think they've explained that in terms of... Rounding you know, down. Well, or rounding up. I mean, rounding, well, rounding down in that case, or rounding up, but I think that's been explained as, a, as an accountancy thing. So will confidentiality clauses continue to be a feature of exit arrangements in RTE? Well, this is what I've asked. Um, this is what I say we need to take legal advice on. And I had some initial conversations with Arthur Cox about this. Um... You know, and there are very wide ramifications if you don't, if you're unable to use those. So I think what we need to ensure is that there's an absolute, you know, there is a transparency around the circumstances in which we can use those and where we do use those. Because I think if we're unable to use those, again, going back to the advice from Arthur Cox and our legal advice is these are routinely used across Ireland because employment law in Ireland absolutely rightly gives a very high level of protection to anyone in employment, whether that's at a junior or at a senior level, it is very difficult to, sorry, Brian, it's very difficult to exit people, to sack people. So therefore, you often have to go through a legal process and confidentiality agreements. And it's this is not just RTE. This is across the piece. These are used uh, commonly, or as, as Arthur Cox say, routinely in reaching agreements where lawyers or mediation are, in, are involved. RTE, of course, is a publicly funded organisation. Will in future there be a cap on exit packages, a limit? Well, again, this is something, and this is, you know, I, I in discussions with the Minister, I said we would look at the use of confidentiality agreements. Ideally, they would become um, very much the exception with the right framework around them. Um, and the same goes for a cap. But again, there are ramifications for that. If you put a cap on exit payments, and you are going through a period which we will have to of shrinking the organisation, you will end up unduly get, um, shrinking the organisation by losing junior colleagues because you can't afford to pay off more senior people, whether it's under an exit scheme or whatever else, to go. So I don't want... You know, we need to work through. There are very significant ramifications to addressing either of these. I'm very prepared to try and address them, but they're not going to be straightforward. Just before I let you go, Taoiseach, among others, has been indicating uh, that the possibility of RTE coming under the remit of the Controller and Auditor mm. General, the, the state's financial watchdog, it mm. was in fact audited by the CNAG maybe 25, 30 years mm. ago. Is that something you'd favour? Is it something that could help to rebuild trust in RTE? Look, any measure that will help to rebuild trust in RTE, I would welcome. And I think actually the chair, the RTE chair, mentioned this in the first committee her hearing I did with her back in July as a possibility. That I think she raised it as a possibility, actually. So, you know, I, I need to would look at the detail of what that might mean, but it won't be my decision in the end. But I think any measure that um, will assist me in helping to rebuild the trust of the, in this organisation would be welcomed. RTE Director General Kevin Buckhurst, thanks for talking to us on the programme.